Hello everyone. Welcome to CSM Secrets, key insights from the most influential customer success executives. And today as our guest, we have Alex Farmer, who is the VP of Customer Success at Cognite. And Alex is also a very popular person in the customer success community because he rallied the entire CS practice together as the founding father of Customer Success Excellence Awards, which recognizes CSM leaders for their practical contributions in taking the practice forward. Welcome, Alex, to the CSM Secrets Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Great to be here. All right, let's jump right in. So, Alex, I've gone through your LinkedIn profile and I have a sense of what you do for the industry. What really caught me was that you're one of the first um, not to say first, but you're one of the very few people in the industry. And to institutionalize and think of awards for customer success practitioners and leaders. Why did you feel the need to do that? What was missing that triggered you to do this? Great question. And again, uh, thanks for the opportunity. Um, There's two things that really struck me as missing in our industry. Um, I feel like the conversation, and hopefully we don't fall victim of it today, can be sometimes too theoretical and not practical enough. You hear a lot of, you know, customer success is not support or customer success is different to account management and all of these kind of theoretical repetitive mantras that are interesting, but don't necessarily move the customer success profession forward, right? And so I thought, you know, we really need to award people who aren't talking in theory and, and aren't kind of spending all of their time on LinkedIn but rather just putting their head down and executing in an exceptional way and innovating customer success as a profession by doing instead of by telling. So how can we identify those people and reward them for uh, uh, their efforts? And that's, I think, the main reason. I think the secondary reason is uh, a lot of other functions have award programs where they get up, they get dressed up nice and fancy and go to a hotel or similar venue and have a nice dinner with maybe too many drinks. And it felt like an opportunity was missing for the customer success community to do that too. Of course, I, I uh, if I may um, mention uh, the name, uh, Customer Success Excellence is the name of our awards program. And our plan now is to launch uh, an awards uh, in London for the EMEA region in uh, early 2022, and then mid-2022 do an awards for the Americas in uh, the United States. Excellent, excellent. Now, now, some of the things that you said are really, really intriguing for me, right? I want to follow up with two questions. One is, what gets rewarded in customer success excellence? What are you looking for? That is number one. Number two, you said there are these theoretical definitions of customer success that gets beaten up in the industry today, right? How do you define customer success? What is your definition? Sure. So the uh, the awards, I can tell you the award categories and, and the process briefly. Uh, you can nominate yourself or nominate you know, a colleague or someone that you know in the industry. There'll be a nomination period. And then our judging panel, we have, I think, over almost 40 judges from the industry will review all the nominations and then create short lists for each award. And then we will select a winner and someone who was kind of highly commended or second place for each award as well. What are the awards? Well, we have three for individuals, customer success manager of the year, customer success leader of the year, and customer success rising star. And we also have two awards for innovation, the best use of technology and customer success, and the most innovative customer success initiative. The, the second question you asked me is around kind of how do I define customer success? 
I mean, I think a lot of definitions, if I may be so bold, a lot of definitions out there are kind of different words to say the same thing. But at the end of the day, the way I like to describe it in, 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 in lay people's terms is uh, customer success is ensuring you do what you said, right? In a sales and in a marketing, uh, a marketing team, their job is to generate interest. Hey, I have this, you might have these business problems and I'm making you aware of the uh, solutions I have to your potential problems. Sales will tailor the solution to the exact customer situation. And customer success is there to ensure that they achieve what we promise in the sales process. So turning hypothetical value into actual value with the features and functions of the technology that's being sold. Um, so if, in, in a phrase, we're making sure that we keep our promise to our customer. Um, because if we don't, obviously they churn. Really, customer success is where the rubber hits the road, isn't it? Yeah, I cannot yes, agree more. Yeah. So coming back to you, right? Coming back to you and what you do. I see that at one point you handle both sales and customer success. What were the challenges and how did you handle both? Like from the point of view of an end customer. Now, this, he's also the sales. He's also the customer success. Did you sure. face any challenges? So I think there were challenges, but there were also opportunities. And, and in full transparency, I, I led a sales organization as well as a post-sale, the post-sale uh, team uh, at a small startup. And uh, uh, that was for a short period of time, but I learned a lot in that time. And I think more and more, actually, you'll see customer success leaders become post-sale, sorry, full revenue leaders, moving from post-sale revenue ownership to full kind of um, uh, pre and post or the, you know, the full revenue layer in a business. And there's a couple of reasons for that. And then I will answer your question. You know, as more companies embrace product-led growth, the outbound motion to the customer is lower, right? There's, there's faster sales cycle that are more product-led. So it's much more about, can the product achieve my hypothetical problems? And, uh, you know, as opposed to uh, taking customers through a long-winded sales cycle where we help them navigate their internal organization, right? So you see a lot of kind of pure plug-and-play SaaS products in uh, leaning into the product-led growth concepts, higher velocity sales cycles, higher volume transactions, and who better than a customer success leader to take ownership of the full revenue stack? Because ultimately, we will succeed if what we promise hypothetically is actually delivered. And of course, we turn those customers into, into advocates and drive more new business and new customer acquisition. So, so I think th you know we will see more and more of this. Um, you know, from my perspective, the chief customer officer is really that role is about uh, the customer and prospects are engaging with your company to become customers. So I don't think it's a huge leap to say the CCO is responsible. You know, the CCO and the CRO, I, I see a world soon when those titles are somewhat interchangeable. Um, uh, uh, but that's yeah. maybe my uh, prognostication for five years. For those of you listening five years from now, you can uh, let us know if that came true or not. <laughs> no, um, I'm, I'm, adding, I'm adding myself to your um, group. I also believe that. <laughs> well, I, I, and, and I also think one, one of the other things that I've thought a little bit about is, you know, there's, there, there's an author uh, and kind of customer success thought leader out there named Dave Jackson, who I'm going to butcher what he says, but paraphrasing slightly says, you know, customer success is a mediocre solution to a, a CEO problem. Right, in that organizationally, we have not optimized our organization to, without a special team, uh, work in a way that makes customers successful at scale. So we have to create a special team to do that. Right. So if we're, uh, you know, delivering customer success by organizational design, maybe one day customer success doesn't exist, and actually we move to a place where the revenue leader is customer centric, 
yeah. even more customer centric. The product leader is even more customer centric. And customer success was kind of a clandestine rebellion or clandestine takeover within business to kind of recalibrate to more customer centricity. And then we have a talent pool of leaders that go and become CRO or chief product officer or stuff like that. Um, there were some challenges. Yeah. Challenges around who owns upsell, right? The age-old question. Customer success finds an opportunity. They drive it 90% of the way there. And then sales goes and puts their name against it in Salesforce and get, collects their commission check, right? Customer success gets territorial about upsell. Does it involve the sales rep? And then marks the deal closed loss because we weren't able to negotiate the complex commercial situation. Right, so so when incentives are not aligned, this is what I learned. One of the things I learned, one of the challenges we saw was that when incentives are not aligned and we do not incentivize to encourage collaboration, you know, we get into a situation where the best interests of the business are not being looked after. So one of the things that we did is made sure that regardless of who actually closes the expansion, uh, the sales and customer success organization would have some variable skin in the game. Yeah, sales gets commission, customer success. Uh, is targeted on net revenue retention, right? So it doesn't matter who is involved. Both parties are going to get paid. Yes, you could argue it's double comp, but it's better to double comp a high NRR to, to lead to a higher NRR number than, than get territorial about KPIs and then not achieve your maximum potential from a KPI perspective. So that's one thing, a challenge that we saw that we handled. One other opportunity, final point on this question, is that we were able to kind of unify the sales cycle in a way uh, that, that was more customer centric and more frictionless. Um, we uh, uh, introduced customer success plans in pre-sales processes when the deal got to about 60%. And the customer success manager would be introduced at that time and kind of show the customer instead of, instead of sorry, show the prospect instead of tell the prospect the uh, love, attention, and focus on value that we will deliver, right? And, and, and that was actually very helpful for, for, for accelerating sales cycles, differentiating against our competition and, and eventually uh, winning more business. Yeah. And, and on, on to the next one. So your company specializes in AI SaaS, right? And, and the more I talk to leaders in the podcast, one thing that clearly comes out is the use of business intelligence, the business of, the use of analytics in customer success tools and data to be able to deliver a better service. So do you do some kind of eat your own uh, dog food? Like, do you use some of the uh, tools and uh, the frameworks that you're building as a product into your customer success function itself? The reason I'm asking is to find out from you, where do you think the intersection of uh, PI and analytics and intelligence lies with respect to customer success as of as of today, where we stand? Sure. It's an important question. And, and, and ironically, I guess, uh, Yes, we do work in artificial intelligence and AIML-enabled uh, software. Uh, just briefly, uh, uh, don't think I mentioned, I, I lead our customer success organization at Cognite, which is a data ops platform for heavy asset industries. Essentially, we contextualize disparate data for uh, oil and gas, manufacturing, and power and utilities companies who have a huge amount of data from their software and their hardware, but can't really do much with it because all of the data is in different formats and stored in different places. So we use some kind of uh, uh, ML models to contextualize data and get them ready to get value from all of their operations information. So yes, certainly we are in that category. I think the irony and why I'm maybe not the best person to answer this question positively is that we have uh, uh, we don't have a huge amount of customers, right? We are uh, uh, very high, vol uh, high value contracts 
um, working with some of the world's largest uh, um, heavy asset industries. So, you know, the the scaling side that, you know, you kind of the AI tools and customer success will, will help you, you know, of course, scale. We haven't really had those pain points yet. It's certainly something we're thinking about, but our phase with customer success technology, our maturity level is simply just getting our data infrastructure in a sensible place, right? So, you know, when a customer uh, goes through our website, they go into one platform, making sure they Go into say go into our CRM, which is Salesforce, making sure that they are automatically provisioned access to our academies, support, and community platforms, um, and being able to write back their engagement across all of those platforms into the central system, which is Salesforce, right? So, a kind of the data flow per person per customer through our technology, but B also starting to take advantage of integrations to to send data into our technology uh, so we can start looking at things at the, uh, looking at our customer engagement scores. Um, you know, we are not a 10,000 customer business that needs to invest heavily in technology to kind of do it for us yet. We certainly need to push in that direction. I think we're just in kind of phase one of our multi-stage, uh, uh, multi-stage approach to enriching our customer success tech stack, um, which is certainly something we are continuing to invest a bunch of time in. Great, great. So what is your intersection with other, you know, product functions such as product management and product marketing, right? See, customer success works with sales. That's a given. But how much do you derive from the other two functions that are very technology focused and how do you leverage them? How do you define boundaries yet derive benefits that you can pass on to the customer? Yeah, I mean, our product portfolio is quite vast. Um, for, For not having too many customers, we have a lot of products and product functionality. So so it's definitely a challenge. Um, and in previous organization, it hasn't been such a challenge because the product has been a bit simpler. Um, how do we do this today? Uh, you know, I think product management, there are, there's two things that I would call out. One, partnering with product management to make sure that you close the loop when new enhancement requests that were submitted by customers are actually delivered. Far too often, I see a lot of pain and effort put in by a CS organization to send individual requests to the product management team. And by the way, if you're just sending a big list without any kind of prioritization to product, you're probably not going to get what you want. So I would encourage kind of CS teams to to have stronger opinions about, you know, these customers are in our top segment and have high risk of churn. Therefore, I need you to focus on these areas of the product and not those. They really help kind of influence the roadmap. That's important. And I see a lot of investment in that area in kind of most mature SaaS organizations, but then candidly, a bit of a laziness in following it up. So many times I see customers reading, you know, if a customer happens to read the release notes this time, they might see that one of the things that they asked for is has been implemented, but we're missing the opportunity to kind of have the positive customer experience moment to say, hey, you know, you, you spoke, we listened. Um, and, and I see organizations not closing the loop well enough there. Um, one of the things we're also investing quite a bit of time in is the partnership between product and success in both um, bringing those new release features to life for customers in two ways. One, we're just starting, uh, and I've done this at previous companies, but we're just starting to create customer success and product webinars. That's not the title. That's not very catchy. The product release webinar series. Uh, every two months, we release every two months, we will run a webinar uh, with customer success and product. Uh, um, the role of the customer success person is to host the conversation, to kind of walk through the new features and functions. And really, frankly, to kind of push product to say, okay, great, I'm glad this is what it does, but what business value will this mean for our customers? So you get a really nice kind of uh, uh, bounce, you know, uh, ping pong 
between the two groups to kind of talk about features and then talk about value all in one forum. We've had good adoption of that so far. The second thing is beta programs. Uh, When we're releasing a big new feature, uh, one thing that I see is a really exciting opportunity for product and customer success to collaborate on is um, uh, creating, we do this in our customer community, we create uh, private beta groups where we invite our kind of most engaged or frankly, our least engaged customers because it's a very good way to engage them to say, hey, here's a feature that we think you'll be really interested in based on our previous conversations. This has been only released to a select few customers. Do you want in? You got three months to play with it to give us feedback. And to be clear, we reserve our engineers' time to respond to that feedback. So it's not just thanks for your feedback, now now enjoy a GA version. Um, It's thanks for your feedback. We will take these things before we release to all of our customers and implement them. And it creates kind of product champions and gives you an opportunity to develop with the customer. But it also gives you kind of a carrot to incentivize your customers to lean in and engage. And because we host this on our customer community, our customers are then engaging with their peers, adopting all of our content, and we get a real kind of win-win-win across all teams. And we've seen that be particularly effective as well. Can I borrow that idea, the webinar idea? (laughs) It's amazing. Don't borrow it. Just take it. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. You don't have to give it back. There we go. Okay. Oh, yeah. Thank you. (laughs) That's a nice way of putting it. I just fell in love with the idea when I heard it. Okay. Now, so what are the key business metrics that are getting measured and reported to your C-suite versus uh, to your customers? And, and are they in alignment? Is, is what the customers are saying is what your C-suite is measuring as well? Because in some organizations, I see that it's not in sync, right? And, and they also seem to fail. So I just wanted to understand from you, uh, your thoughts on that. Sure. So, so the metrics we measure that we present to our customers versus what we present to our C-suite? Is that the question? Yeah. Right. So let's start with our C-suite. So they are different, right? Um, the the key business metrics that we measure and report kind of to the board and uh, across the organization, you know, obviously we focus both on, uh, well, clearly net retention, but also logo churn. Um, we, because of the size of our contracts and the complexity of our our, our uh, the challenges that we're solving for our customers, we also engage in what we call phase ones. Those are short-term contracts the customer pays for where that we will deliver you know, one or two use cases on top of our data platform. Uh, and then the customer can choose to, to opt in or opt out and not continue. Now, to be clear, we do not class that as churn because obviously you know, it's basically a paid trial. Of course, there's a lot of effort that's put into it. But uh, we don't classify that as churn because you haven't become a customer. You have tried us. You have not bought, bought us, right? You want to try before you buy? Well, uh, uh, we only call uh, call it churn if you decide to leave after you buy, right? Yeah. But we do track velocity and, uh, for conversion. So how fast are we cross-functionally? It's not a CSM, CS KPI. It's a, it's a sales and CS KPI, but it's actually one of our company KPIs as well. How fast can we get a customer across the line in a phase one and then convert them to a long-term contract. And that's something we're very focused on because without a long-term contract, our, our strategy of growing and expanding our relationship with that customer, of course, cannot begin. Right? And that's a leading indicator to net revenue retention. you got to be a long-term customer before you can expand. We yeah. also track as a CSM function, advocacy. Uh, so what, what percentage of our customers are willing to do um, advocacy on behalf of Cognite? Uh, and we actually have a special incentive in our comp scheme to pay a small amount out to every customer success uh, director. That's the title we use. Um, uh, every CSD 
that is able to confirm video case studies with our customers to really drive the right focus and attention on on the video as a way to yeah. really kind of get our customers to, to to advocate for us. And lastly, we track customer success qualified leads, CSQLs. How many leads am I generating for my post-sale engagement with customers? Again, whoever closes it doesn't really matter. My team's job is to exactly my team's job is to create uh, as many leads as possible by by being engaged across the customer stakeholder map and identifying where there are pockets of value our solution can help them achieve. So that's the C-suite and what we report internally. I'll just briefly touch on uh, uh, what we report to our customers. Um, that is, of course, much more one-to-one. We don't do the, the classic, hey, here's your last support cases and your last logins. Although, you know, that's something that's interesting, somewhat interesting to our customers. Uh, what we are, because we are working, um, uh, you know, have such high value contracts and ultimately, you know, our, the business goal for most of our customers is to digitalize their organization. Of course, our product is a data ops platform that makes digital transformation easier. So we really want to measure the return on investment from all of the solutions and use cases that either we, through our services team, or they, the customer, through their own uh, data scientists and data engineering teams have built. So you scope out a use case to you know to to you implement uh, our product Cognite Data Fusion and scope out a use case. Let's say it's a dashboard to manage the energy on uh, uh, on your asset on your oil rig, for example. Right? We want to make sure we don't unnecessarily uh, expend too much energy in our production of oil or in our production on, on across a manufacturing uh, supply line. Um, so we'll you know use the data in CDF to create a couple of dashboards that let them monitor this live for all of their plants or rigs, right? How much yeah. money does that save? Well, we we look at how much energy they were. Uh, of course, we give them that data so they can take corrective action, right? Uh, so so we measure the actual ROI on all of those solutions, and that sums up to a total figure that we present back to our customer. That's probably our most important measure. With that. I'm going to jump on to the rapid fire round. We will put sure. you on a speed test and see uh, how you do and find out more from you. Ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. It's aspirational. Okay. As you can tell, I like to to, to speak in uh, uh, paragraphs, not sentences. I will do my very best. <laughs> yeah, it, it has to be less than a minute. Let's see. So my first question, right? You're off to the moon and you're likely never coming back. And you're going to work from there forever. Wi-Fi assured. What are the three functions at work you will take along with you? I would take, you know what? Selfishly, I would take our CEO or our, uh, some of our management teams so that uh, uh, they wouldn't ignore customer success. If the CS <laughs> leader goes to the moon, the CEO is coming with the CS leader because customers uh, making customer successful should be the most important KPI for the business. <laughs> and my time has expired. That's not three, but there you go. Okay. So three skills that you're looking for in aspiring CS candidates, fresh grads coming into the function, what would, uh, I mean, what should they have a skill for? And with the, all the growth and customer success, the majority of folks that come to be CSMs have not been CSMs before, right? So it's a very important question. Um, uh, answer, three skills. Firstly, tenacity and grit. I think an ability to, uh, technical understanding. You don't need to know how to code, but you need, how to, you need to know how to connect technology, features, and functions to customer pain points and business problems. And for that, you know, understanding the technology intimately. So when you hear a customer say, hey, I have this issue, you can suggest how the product can help. That's very important. And the last one I would say is kind of a, a positive attitude. And I know how cliche that sounds. 
but you need to kind of, I guess what I mean is good humor, yeah. right? At the end of the day, you're engaging with, with other people. Your, your job is to make your customer stakeholder, that person successful. So let's not take ourselves too seriously as we advocate and uh, uh, focus on making our customers successful. Sure. If there is one favorite cartoon character that represents a good CSM according to you, which one would you choose? I'm just going to embarrass myself and say I don't know enough cartoon characters. <laughs> okay. Any other filmy characters, movie characters, anyone <laughs> that you think, oh, hey, this is a CSM? Yeah. Uh, Okay, I'm going back here. Inspector Gadget, only because they have all of these different tools that they can apply to a problem. Okay, all right. So you're most inspired by whom and why? It could be any public figure or it could be a mentor or anyone, right? But who has inspired inspired you the most that you go back and refer often and that's what drives you to work or drives you to everything that you do? I think. This is a bit of a, 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 a throwaway answer. You'll know what I mean when I say it. I say the customer success community. And let me explain because I know it's kind of a cheap answer. Uh, when lockdown happened in May of 2020, at least lockdown where, where I live in the UK, uh, the customer success community like just threw all of their day job down and just got on Zoom calls, right? How are we going to navigate this? How are we going to make sure we keep our customers? And for me, like that moment is where I really leaned into learning from peers, networking, speaking, you know, speaking to others, just putting myself out there. And, you know, some days feeling completely inadequate because everyone else is doing a better job than me. And other days, you know, feeling really uh, fulfilled because I was able to advise or guide someone in a direction that was helpful to them. So, so if I'm thinking recently, for me, inspiration is, is the community itself and how open and willing those in customer success are to connect and speak and learn from others. Uh, I mean, once again, I cannot agree more, right? The, the CS community is just so open and so helpful that, you know, I'm so proud to be uh, part of this community. I, I agree with you. Yes, yeah. Indeed. Yeah. And what is that the unique skill that you bring to the table that has, that has taken you to this uh, height that you have achieved in your career, that one skill which you think only you bring to the table, which everyone that is listening can also aspire to cultivate. Hmm. So I, I'm going to go back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to throw this one back to like uh, six weeks ago or maybe eight weeks ago. I was speaking on a, a, a webinar or panel at a conference, actually, virtual conference. And the, the, the moderator, her name was Jennifer Rose Kramer. Um, and she has been in, in customer success for, for a good number of years and, and someone I look up to. She asked the panelists, what is your CS superpower? And ever since that, she asked that question, uh, well, first of all, I gave a very bad answer. I, I wasn't kind of, uh, I wasn't satisfied with the answer I gave on the panel. So I've been thinking about that question for eight weeks. And I think, you know, thinking about the answer, which I think is similar to your question here, it's energy, energy. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, you know, when I said, when I answered your question around, what are we looking for in aspiring CS candidates? I mentioned tenacity and grit. There's two versions of tenacity, confrontation, negativity. You must do this now for my customer or positive energy that just drives customer centricity and moves the, aligns the organization around the customer need, right? And for me, that you know, energy is something or a customer-centric energy or something for me is, is something that I find... Uh, uh, I don't know everything about customer success. I know not... You know, I, I'm learning every day, but, but one thing that I am... Um, uh, I find has been a secret recipe for my success thus far in my career has been uh, kind of 
bringing that positive energy advocating for the customer. So energy is my answer to your question. So my last question, right? One prediction for CS. I think you already shared one. Any other prediction for CS? Yeah, I talked about kind of uh, the, the executive team. Maybe CCO is a, is a solution to a problem that goes away when we're all just more customer-centric and have better technology. Second okay. pr- prediction, speaking of technology, one thing I see now is you know the generation one of CS tech, tech was the customer success platform. I'm really... Now, excited to see all of the kind of point solution bolt-on applications that are being built for customer success managers and customer success leaders to solve a specific, uh, narrow and specific CS pain point. So this exploding ecosystem of technology for customer success, well, to be fair, I guess that's not a prediction. My prediction is it will continue, but certainly that trend is particularly exciting. And I wonder, I do just wonder if that means that customer success platforms themselves become more obsolete in the future. Awesome. Okay. And that brings us to the end of the rapid fire. Just any final uh, thoughts, words, or you you want to leave your handle so listeners can reach out to you for more? Uh, You can say that now. Sure. What a, what a privilege it has been to have this conversation. I've really enjoyed it. So thank you. Um, I mentioned the, the awards program is launching next year. So if you're interested, you can register your interest to attend. Customersuccessexcellence.com is our, is our URL. Certainly reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, I love, as I say, I've been so uh, grateful and benefit, I've benefited so much from the openness of the CS community. So I very much enjoy uh, paying it forward as well. So, so you can find me there. Uh, and look forward to hopefully seeing all of you in person at the first Customer Success Excellence Awards in the coming months. Well, thank you, Alex. Thank you for being part of the CSM Secrets podcast and appreciate all the time and the insights. Thank you for the invitation. It's been a real pleasure. And that's a wrap. Hope you enjoyed this episode of CSM Secrets. See you soon in our next episode. Thank you. Thank you.